0: Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Ultrasound Gel Podcast.
1: Hello, PEM Focus enthusiasts, and welcome to the Gel Junior Podcast coming hot to you from the P2 Network meeting in Washington, D.C. We Leanne, Russ, so excited to be here with you guys can't believe it's in person and can't believe that we're hiding behind a screen so we can record it.
2: It's amazing. We're on location and this is a dream come true. To be sitting on this carpet with all of
3: you is just wonderful.
1: (laughs) And Russ, we missed you on our last podcast. So happy you're back.
3: Oh, I'm glad to be back. Thanks for including me again. (laughs)
1: We have a great show for you today. So excited to have two leaders in the field and also leaders of the P2 Network. I have Dave Tang with me, who's ultrasound faculty at Cohen Children's Hospital and the current president of the P2 Network, as well as Lorraine Ng, who's director of emergency ultrasound at Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital of New York, as well as the incoming president of P2. So I feel like I've got a lot of authority. So Leanne, let's start getting some info about this P2 Network and what it does for our research.
2: Sounds great. So I think we should dive in and just have a quick chat about what P2 is. And maybe I'll ask you, Dave, what is P2?
0: P2 is a international network of pediatric emergency medicine point of care ultrasound. And I don't want to say enthusiasts, I really want to say champions that really cross states and countries. And it started around, two. I think it was 2014 was the first year at Toronto Sick Kids. And at that point, we had little, over 40 POCUS champions at that time. In that time period till now, probably tripled, if not quadrupled. P2 has really been a good group of just leaders in not only in the field, but really in education, research, and pushing the initiative of pediatric point of care into our emergency rooms and across the world.
4: Yeah, 10 years ago when this started, we were all POCUS champions in our own little silos, and we came together in Toronto for the first P2, and we were trying to figure out how we can get everyone else in the country to drink the Kool-Aid. And I think over the past 10 years, people are drunk on Kool-Aid, and there's an overflow of Kool-Aid, and now we're trying to figure out how to divide up all of our resources and make a good work product for our future trainees and faculty so that we can actually have some good clinical outcomes as opposed to, you know, what we've done so far as just putting up policy papers and providing the infrastructure on how to build up our community. And now that we have the infrastructure, we're trying to move it forward into making more of a clinical impact.
2: I think that the policy papers are a great place to start, actually, because when we think about creating impactful research, really we're driven by a lot of factors. How important do you think it is to kind of set the agenda? As an organization that's as diverse and international as you guys are,
0: that's probably where you have to start, right? We've we've done some really good things when it comes to curriculum, education, and policy, so that's really going to set the table. There's so many different avenues and different areas that we can explore. We are really still a small group, but yet, you know, I'm looking out around not you guys, and you know, I'm you know I'm always excited just to hear that next project or what what people are doing. but from a collaborative right that's a little different like if Russ wanted to do something in Chicago daily and nationwide you know their shop they have that leadership in their area but then when you start talking about you know collaboration and multi-center it definitely takes coordination and administrative you know it's a whole multiple different ingredients that's gonna actually make that a success and I, I think the things that we need to work on as a group is just working on that collaboration you know And it doesn't have to be five, six institutions. And the beauty of coming back live on these conferences is that I'm already hearing just different people just getting together with different institutions. So it's those type of ideas, but from a, you know, if we've taken the PCARN or PEMCRC and all our other bodies that have come before us to do this, you know, the collaboration and support, not only logistically, but just and mentorship as well. I think those are all just ingredients just to kind of get this thing through.
2: And then from a collaboration perspective, when you think about support, do you think there's a growing role for P2 to be more of a data repository or an administrative hub? Or do you think it's really going to be the decentralized kind of model that we already have?
0: Part of it is is that, you know, we're it, right? The P2 is is the, I don't want to say the brain trust, but, you know, looking across the country, we are the people who are doing pediatric ultrasound. We're in the forefront. We've used it, you know, I'm looking around. You guys have been doing it for years, right? So the data repository is good. I think that's an avenue of it, logistics. I can't remember what was the other.
2: More of like an administrative support yeah. role for uh, these large studies.
0: Yeah, and I think those are all it, right? I mean, I think we need to own that, you know, we need to, when you look on research, it has to be as supported by P2. Not to say that Russ can't do his individual, you know, but if we're doing as a collaborative, it's got to be P2. And I think that's what we have to work on as our, not to market it, but as our brand. You know, P2 has to be that group of people that we own our our identity. We own our research. We own our ideas and your efforts. And at least that's how I see it.
1: But one thing that I would say is that as someone who is a little bit later to P2, it's amazing for me to see that, you know, I remember reading a paper by Lorraine, like when I just started doing ultrasound or a paper by Russ. And now in part, because of a group like P2, I get to meet the person and say, I've read your paper. And it's like a really good way to collaborate both on like the small end, but then what will lead to big papers and collaborations, like some of the policy statements and things that we discuss every year and that we were even talking about this year. Lorraine, what do you think are like some of the future plans for like growth? Like how could we kind of take... we have and, and move it forward, while also still including everybody. Because as you know, Dave said, we had 112 people, a lot of them were learners. And POCUS is not done, like just because someone does this scan, maybe someplace else, they're just learning how to do it. So what how do you think P2 can help in the future with growing and bringing everybody along, but also kind of getting to the horizon that they want?
4: So one of the things that Nick Cooperman said today, as our keynote speaker at P2 was that there's a lot of fantastic ideas out there, but a lot of them aren't novel. And what we need is the network and the infrastructure to be able to develop those plans to fruition. And I think that's where P2 comes into play because we've become such a large international network with so many individual resources that we can pull together. We have a lot of things in the pipeline that we've been talking about over the years, a lot of the similar ideas like Rush and Shock, but now that we have more of a critical mass, I think we can move forward with more multi-center studies. Even within Rush and Shock, there's so many individual facets of each of those things that we can each focus on at our individual institutions and then distribute that protocol and disseminate that project to other institutions. So I think that's where we're headed to right now. In the beginning, like we are saying, a lot of it was policy papers, establishing the grant works. We're all on the same foundation. Now that our group has grown so much bigger, we have more pooled resources
0: and not everyone's gonna be able to participate, mm-hmm. right? So we have, the, the interesting part of our groups is that, you know we still have single champions at, at these institutions. Their efforts really are still building their program from an education point of view, from the fellows, the faculty, uh, whatever their priorities are. So research is, it's tough for that single champion kind of institution. If you you know, I'm lucky to have two really wonderful and resourceful and, and motivated faculty and, you know, we can't get anything else done if I didn't have them. But if I was by myself, which I was in the, in the beginning, it, it's hard. Mm-hmm. So I think the research is, you know, how does P two help? P two P two gives you support. P two gives you direction. We would provide mentorship as well.
3: One thing I really like to highlight is I think we've been around long enough, so we are looking toward the to the future. But P two has done an enormous amount of stuff, including those policy papers and including getting people together. As many people start a single pocus enthusiast at their own facility. They didn't really know how other people were doing things. They didn't know how to set up their program. They didn't know those things. And that, at least from my memory, was one of the most amazing things yeah. that P2 did because it brought people together and had people go, oh, I really had no idea we could do that. Or why do you do this? Or how is your program so successful? Why do you have two people? Why do you have four? For all those people who are listening and thinking I'm on this island on my own, that P2 does provide those resources. Now, thankfully, we can be together
1: kind of like a party island with a lot of Kool-Aid that sometimes we can add vodka to if we like it. So we are a party island of pocus yeah. Enthusiasts all the way to champions and like trendsetters and forward thinking. And we saw that in this conference. Like we had, I mean, I can remember years ago that we were talking about how do I fight the fight against radiology and then cardiology. And now the first day, including Leanne's wonderful presentation, it's all about AI and AI and PEMPocus. It's amazing but the point is P2 is a home for everybody. I think that's the goal to keep all those things in order because I am a single person who finally this year has people with me and I still learn every time I come and they can learn from me how to white knuckle it.
2: So let's say I am a listener. By myself in my institution, doing what I'm doing, Lorraine. How am I going to join Party Island? How am I going to get involved? Because I think you make a really good point. We're at 112, but like, let's get 200. Mm-hmm. How can we get to 250? So how do we how do we capture that market?
4: Even though we're a group of 112, we're still a relatively small community where we all know each other, and I think pretty well, especially since we've been seeing each other's faces multiple times a year. And I feel like you know when someone has a question or ha- needs a resource, if I don't have that resource for them, I can give them a more local contact and be like, Mm -hmm. reach out to this person who literally works maybe 30 minutes from you and get in touch with them and see what other resources they can provide for you and look more locally. And if that's not the case, now in our virtual world, we do so many things through Zoom and different workshops through AAP, ASAP, SAM, and even SCUF. There's so many opportunities to learn and to teach yourself and to network that you don't ever have to be in a silo and you don't need to just rely on PEM providers. There's also EM providers locally that are always enthusiastic to help expand (laughs) the community.
0: We are now almost in every children's hospital or Ten Fellowship, can't remember the last number, I, I don't think we're at 100% yet. In the United States.
2: United yeah. States. Let's be clear. Yeah. We have listeners Canadian from a hundred yeah. and <laughs> some countries.
0: Yeah. Um, no, but the idea is, is that if I'm a single provider or a single champion, I think 10 years ago, you had to figure it out. If you were lucky enough to be with an adult emergency medicine program, that's, I mean, that's how I started back in 2002. There was no PEDS focus. It was just me kind of, wow, this is really interesting. I found an ultrasound in my in our unit. Let's see what we can do. And then we learn through our adult colleagues. But now we're kind of in the United States. We're in most children's facilities. And I think those solo persons that all of a sudden are like, I want to get into it, I'm hoping is less and less as we grow. We talk during this this conference about tracks, about really training our fellows. And I think that really that lets us at least let out into the world more PEG trained. I think fellowships are probably still gonna be necessary because there are fellowships who still just don't have robust enough and they'll get there. I truly believe we're not a critical mass yet, but we'll, we're, we're getting there. And I think that going back to your initial, initial question, you know, if I'm that person, I maybe don't have that resource. Maybe I'm at a smaller Pete's program. How do I get involved? You know, the AEP just created the, um, a focus in pediatrics, special interest groups, so, and P2, we're kind of all over the place, but like, but I, I think it's a tough thing, especially like if I'm in a community hospital and I want to get into it, hopefully you do have a emergency medicine contacts, but we hope to reach out to everybody.
1: Yeah, and I think that that development of PIP—I'm going to call it PIP—is actually reaching out to all of pediatrics because as POCUS mm-hmm. grows among all fields, like for example, pediatric GI and doing POCUS for IBD in clinic, emergency medicine may have started it, but there is room and a need for it to grow throughout all of pediatrics. So I think that is like the goal of the PIP group. If you guys want to check it out on the AAP website, additionally, I think Leanne makes a great point about the international component. Mm-hmm. P2 was started as an international group and started actually in Canada. So part of why they're ahead is because they were the first to the party island. That is what makes the group so wonderful. Like We have people from all different countries, not just uh, the United States, and it really does help with the growth of the movement because everybody uses POCUS differently depending on their environment and the rules and what kind of patients they see. So it's just a wonderful way to get together.
3: You know, I think to build on the history, so we had a presentation today by Nate Cooperman who talked a lot about how Peds Emergency Medicine started, and then what the multi-center research study um, group has evolved into. And so a little bit, I can see that people started on their own. We didn't really have a special home for Peds Emergency Medicine point of care. And then more and more people started to come together, share information. And then of course, research was done by individual providers. Now we're talking about some pretty good production material from Multi-center studies. And maybe you can highlight some of the really good work that's been done so far along that way, just to kind of show what products have been.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great point. And the blog post that's attached to this will have links to P2 Network. And hopefully we can provide some of the bigger papers that have come out of the collaboration just to sort of show people what it's all about. And I'd encourage our listeners, if you feel like you're alone doing a thing and you want some support to really reach out and join us because the more the merrier on this party island.
0: And the P2 website has all the list of all the published papers, all the active projects that are really going on. And we've heard some really interesting stuff at the conference. So uh, I definitely, they'll put it in the blog, you said. Right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll link it below.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we're so happy to have you guys. This is an awesome opportunity for the ultrasound on gel jr podcast to podcast live from the actual conference of a network that we all have like been a part of and love and we totally recommend for everybody to join the p2 network to keep abreast of all the things going on with pediatric focus both in the united states and beyond when you get to the website Please sign up to join the network so people know where you are, who you are, and how we can help you. Check out the newsletter that will show us where the next conference will be held. I'm crossing my fingers for Toronto next year. Cause I want to hang out with my my girl Leanne and maybe we can podcast from there. And from the Ultrasound Gel Junior podcast team, it was so great to hear from Lorraine Ng and David Tang. Thank you so much for chatting with us. It was it's awesome to hear like all the work you guys are doing and how everything's moving forward. Follow us on Twitter, check out the Ultrasound Gel Junior podcast and ultrasound gel podcast at ultrasoundgel.org and happy scanning
0: more pressure more gel more pressure more gel ultrasound gel podcast